1: Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why to familiarize you with the movie
0: rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted.
2: Was that, uh, was that Cavill in the old, uh, trailer? I don't know. It sure looks like it.
1: Looks like it, but that wouldn't make no sense. It, It would not. In this reality, he's not supposed to be Superman. It was Kara instead. What the fuck do I know?
2: But I don't know what shirtless, dark-haired man she would be flying up toward the sun.
3: Right? Unless it's uh,
1: Zod for some reason, but that wouldn't make any sense either.
3: Maybe.
2: Well, maybe it's one of those things where they're correcting Man of Steel and she redeems Zod instead of
3: killing him. I don't know. Maybe you guys should stop trying to make DC projects make sense. There's also that. I don't know. Give give, let me let me get
2: something out of it, Doug. I'm already pissed off that I'm going to go see this movie that I don't want to fucking go see.
4: (laughs) It's going to be funny when you go see it, and then it's not good, and then you get on here all upset and act surprised, even though you know it's not good going in.
2: I did, well, I don't think I'm going to be upset that it's not good because I
1: know it's not good. I think he's going to be more upset that it could have been good and they fuckered it all up. No, I, no I'm
2: more upset that I'm giving money to a movie with Ezra fucking Miller in it. <laughs> his, yeah. his douchery has really ruined this opportunity for me to see Keaton as Batman one more time.
4: All right. Yeah, but what about when they turned Keaton's Batman into a joke who just repeats lines from his old movies? Won't that be frustrating as well?
1: Yeah, I don't really like that either.
4: Especially because he says him with that little smirk.
3: It's like, yeah, uh, you're not being clever by referencing things that came before you in this way. Yeah, the I'm Batman. Real good. Let's get nuts. Not so much probably probably should have skipped that one no <laughs> oh, well. it would have been almost better for him to
2: like say someone else's line from one of the movies or, or like a paraphrase like ooh where does it get all those toys
3: to Batman like, you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Funny. Yeah. I can see that you could be like ooh callback
4: it's like, somebody wondered where he got toys, and now he wonders where
1: somebody else got toys. It's full circle. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is
2: goddamn genius.
1: Yeah, just have him ask, like, where do you get all those wonderful toys? And then just cut in that... that line from Ben Affleck from, uh... is it Justice League? ask him what his superpowers are, and he's like, I'm rich. He yeah. all those for toys, and he's like, I'm rich. Just...
4: They just cut in the clip from the previous
1: movie. Yeah, do you have to shoot a new one?
2: I just, I just hope because we're throwing in all the Batman nostalgia, that they just throw in fucking Kiss from a Rose by
4: Seal in a scene in this movie for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, Miller is singing it though. Yeah, oh, goddamn it! A karaoke, bar. we
2: found a way to ruin it again.
1: <laughs> like, what other Batman's could we get in this movie? Like Val Kilmer obviously not making the cut, unfortunately.
4: No, unfortunately, uh, like Val's out, Adam West is out, Kevin Conroy's out. Like uh, how fucking, how
2: fucking great would it be to have like George Clooney in there and just have him have a throwaway line? Like, were there nipples on that bat suit? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Even if it's just, uh, I guess we could just, uh, use some old clips like flashes running through the Speed Force or whatever, going back through time and space. You could just see like Clooney's Batman costume, but like, was there nipples? It's weird.
3: If you didn't do that, you could have him run through like the animated universe, which would be fun. Yeah. Hmm.
1: I think we've improved this movie already. It's like, look, people love Batman. How, how much Batman can we stick in this movie? It stops being a Flash I, I, movie. Comes a Batman. You know, how, how can this become Batman Flashpoint?
3: Just Lego Batman pops up for no reason.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we could get some Thomas Wayne Batman in this, that'd be good. Let's see if. Thought he going to call it Batman Flashpoint? Yeah.
2: I'll tell you one thing that was weird. At the very beginning of the trailer, uh, when you hear uh, Batfleck over the radio say, Barry, I need you here now. Man, that sounded a lot like Kevin Conroy for a second. And I was like, did they sneak a Kevin Conroy
3: line into this movie?
2: <laughs> yeah, it did sound
1: weird. I'm like, that doesn't sound like Ben Affleck.
2: Yeah, no, it sounded exactly like Kevin Conroy. And I don't know if that was Ben Affleck intentionally doing a Kevin Conroy impression.
4: Mm-hmm. Is this the uh, first Batman movie that
1: he's been sober for? Or is that what's happening here?
4: It just sounds different.
1: <laughs> I think he's been sober for a majority of them.
4: I don't I don't know. I would go back and check the timeline, but with this new flash running around, who even knows if it would be accurate when I checked it, so. Right. Yeah. Doesn't
3: matter. Are we not talking about DC movies yet,
1: or? Why, well, you want to talk about some uh, clown stuff? I mean, we did watch the clown movies, so it makes <laughs> sense that at some point we switched to that. Uh. Do, 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 Batman's greatest nemesis is Joker and he's the clown prince of crime. So we watched some clown movies. Is I into it? So we're doing Well done,
4: Brian. It. That's yeah, like
1: yeah. a that's like a post
2: segue segue. You don't segue yeah. after the segue.
1: Yeah, but there wasn't much of a segue.
2: If you it's segue okay. after the segue, you pull the thing that the Segway CEO did and you drive off a cliff.
1: Well I'm like Barry. I'm going back in time and changing shit around. Uh, Hey, Doug, why don't you tell us about uh, Clown? Right. Uh,
4: Clown from 2014 is a movie about a guy, real estate agent, who the clown doesn't show up for his kid's birthday party. But by sheer coincidence, he is... uh, in a house that has a big crate in it. So he's like, I better check what's in that crate. Um, and there's a clown costume in there, which is really good luck. Uh, he goes, is it? Saves. Well, at first it it seems like good luck. Big twist is coming, Brian. Okay. Um, yeah. So then he goes, saves the day at his kid's birthday party. And he passes out in the clown suit. And the next day when he wakes up, realizes that he can't turn, take it off. It doesn't matter if he uses tools or whatever. And eventually he notices that his hair is actually becoming the color of the wig. It's no longer just uh, something over top of his hair. It's his actual hair. And it turns out he's transforming into a demon from ancient folklore that eats children, which somehow... as a society, we all accepted to take that and make it into clowns. So that's why <laughs> it's not really explain why people started treating it like a joke. You have to say it with a weird accent. It was the clown. Yes, I'm not going to be doing it. Peter Stromer. Uh, I can't even pronounce that guy's name. I'm not going to try to do his voice just so we're clear. But
2: uh, yeah, he teams up G- with the generic a, uh, eastern Bloc gangster from every fucking movie ever. That guy. Yeah.
4: Uh, Anyways, yeah, he gradually, they find out that he's got to eat a certain number of children in order to uh, appease the demon and get his life back. And uh, a fun little plot twist where we find out that the other guy did eat the children, and that's how he's not the clown anymore. And that's why he's an expert on this stuff. And they basically have to hunt him down while he's running around trying to kill kids in like a weird. He almost looks like, remember when when we were inventing our own Christmas movies and we talked about The Crow where he'd wear like the ugly Christmas sweater with the black trench coat over. He almost looks <laughs> like that throughout this movie. He's got the clown suit on, but he keeps trying to cover it up with like big trench coats and stuff. And like it toques over his hair, even though his face is still, uh, face is still painted up white.
3: There you go. That's the movie.
4: So what'd you think, Doug? I liked this quite a bit. I... Was blown away by the fact that they were able to take such a ridiculous concept and just make a straightforward horror film out of it. I uh, kept waiting for it to like start tumbling in jokes, and it just never did. Um, there was like, I guess, a minor joke where after he's ripped the nose off, he throws it on the floor, and the dog eats it, and later the dog becomes heart demon. But that's just like a one-off scene; it's not a big deal. I hope oh, oh, you what? The no. actor was good. The clown dog, actually, yeah. pretty fucking scary.
2: Yeah. Because it just looks like a diseased, mangy dog with a red
4: nose. <laughs> yeah. It, like, it worked surprisingly well. All the elements of this work surprisingly well. Like, when he's like in like a Chuck E. Cheese and he's in like the climber thing and he's just hiding there and the kids are all running away from him and you just get the splats of blood and you're like, I can't believe they're treating this serious and it's working, but it is. I would have preferred a little bit more child death on screen. Um, I would have like I would have liked if you're going to make a rated R movie anyway, have him like eating the kids on camera as opposed to implying that he ate the children. But overall, I was I was really impressed with this. I loved the performance from the lead actor. I thought uh, the supporting cast was all pretty good too. I was a little disappointed that the uh, father-in-law character wasn't Arlie Ermy because it seemed like he should be. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, I, I'm overall very happy with the film. What did you guys think?
1: No, I'm, I know, Noah, you had a weird uh, viewing experience because you thought one of them was going to be pretty good. That one of them was going to be garbage. Right. And I got, it turned, out, got, turned out they flip-flopped for it.
2: Yeah, I got, I got flippy-flopped. Yeah, I really, on paper, I was like, this movie's going to be fucking trash, and it's going to be it's, silly and chock-full of jokes, and I'm going to fucking hate Doug for it. And instead, it's this really well-made, really serious fucking horror movie with, like, all practical effects and pretty good gore. Mm-hmm. I think I think my only complaint about it, only complaint, and it, it might be due to my mood lately because of all the, the shit I'm dealing with, but, man, this movie's a fucking downer.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. It does not, like... Like, the actual horror, like, the gore and stuff is... Uh, you get breaks from it but there's the downward spiral of this character who started out as like this hero dad who was like a really likable real estate agent type guy and then he just becomes this monster and the whole time you're just like you really feel bad for him and it's like at one point he's like sleeping outside and because he can't go anywhere and then he's like holed up in a hotel room and, a, and he's like trying to kill himself using like fancy contraptions and it's like jesus christ
2: Right, right. I mean, and the big victory at the end of the movie is that his son gets to watch him decapitated by his mother in a, <laughs> in a pretty violent, awful way.
4: Yeah, the story of the child is very depressing because it's like this kid who is like, he's at his birthday party, he thinks everything's about to go wrong. Dad comes in and saves the day. Oh my God, dad's the hero. And then like within like a day, he's like, being dropped off at school, being told to remember if daddy tries to pick you up, you run and tell a teacher because like <laughs> dad just might eat you if he picks you up from school. We're not sure yet. And it's like it's so if you look at the movie from the child's perspective, it's so harsh. It's just so harsh. And the same thing happens if you look at it from the wife's perspective, because she keeps trying to be that supporting wife who's like, we can help you. And she keeps running out this roadblock of there's just nothing she can do. Her options are feed children to this monster or kill her husband. Those are her two choices.
2: Yeah. Is it is it also fucked up that if I think if you do the math, he's at four kids whenever she kills him. So really, if he just ate one more kid, he would just
4: one more kid. Yeah. From her perspective, it was actually like a, an illogical decision. She should have let him eat the child. And then she would have had at least one family member back who wasn't that damaged. But that kid is going to be fucked now, and he's, she's going to be raising him as a single parent. So
3: they could have just had another kid if she saved the husband.
1: Uh, I am also in agreement. This movie is way better than it has any right to be. Weird, and, right? And I think I've determined. I think Eli Roth is a better producer than he is a director.
2: Oh, was he a producer on this?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, pa- apparently he saw this because uh, John Watts, who directed it, uh, which we'll talk about him in a second because I blew everybody's mind talking nope. about this. Um, he uh, saw the John Watts made a short film version of it. It was just like a click, like whatever. Hmm. Apparently Eli Roth saw it like a film festival or something. Yeah, it's like a one minute long short. Yeah. And he loved it. And so he, like, helped, this, helped him make this into a feature film by being a producer on it. Which may be the best thing Eli Roth has ever done.
4: He's, like, pretty... I, I don't see Eli Roth in this film, though. I
1: feel no, like he's no, hands no, no, on no, Like
4: no. Uh, if, yeah. if I sign on as producer, then you'll get a budget to make your movie, and I'll let you make your movie, is how it comes yeah.
1: across anyway. Totally, totally. So, yeah, like, the movie... I've pushed off watching it because I'm like "Uh, a fucking movie produced by Eli Roth. And then we watched it for the show and yeah, like you said, the special effects are great. The story is actually very interesting. Like the lore behind the clune and all that stuff is just like, I just look at it and I'm like, well, a fucking course, like, why did it take so long for this to be made into a movie? God damn it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm glad this is the guy that got to do it because
4: anyone else I think would have played this for comedy. And I can't, again, I just mind blown that he played it directly straightforward and just, yeah. well, it's like, no, this is a horror film that sounds about to eat a child. I mean, if you don't believe me, we're going to kill this one kid with a flying saw blade. Yeah. he we'll show you that it, one.
2: Very much. It very much has, Modern, you know, modern visuals, but it it has that feel of the the thing that I always talk about that I loved in '80s movies, where you just take a ridiculous premise and then fully fucking commit to it and make a movie, yeah,
4: and it works. It has a a, the direct comparable would be Child's Play, I think.
2: think Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say something
4: like Chud. I I don't know if that's the same thing, but anyways. We won't. We won't argue with the analogy. Yeah. I think, you know, you're correct in that. Yeah, you, they never acknowledge in the film that this is ridiculous. Nobody ever says, "Wait a minute, he's a clown that eats people." Like that. There's no wink to the camera at all. And I think it really works because it's a well-made film. If it was a poorly made film, uh, I think it would completely ruin it. You yeah. know, I imagine if we try hard enough, we could come up with a bunch of other killer clown movies that are terrible because they refuse to.
3: Are you funny?
1: Yeah. It it just works so well. And I don't understand why. <laughs> like, on paper, this should just be terrible. But, oh. again, like, everything works. Like, the movie looks good, which I was kind of surprised with. For as low budget as it's supposed to be. And, uh yeah, it's just executed really well. It's no surprise that... um director went on to make much bigger and better movies yeah he's it's um like- bigger, bigger
2: and better let's let's talk about this motherfucker's career for a second okay he, he made shorts at film festivals uh-huh then he made a handful of music videos yeah eli roth comes in gives him some money he makes this movie
1: uh 1.5 million by the way estimated budget Right,
2: super low budget. This movie looks really good for that budget. Right. Then he gets signed on to make another movie, which is Cop Car with Kevin Bacon that is basically about um, two teenage kids steal a car. And it turns out that it's a cop's car. And the entire movie is high concept, and it's just him chasing them around town trying to
4: get his car back, basically. yeah. Well, he's a bad cop. He's got some. Right. shady shit you know, there's there. yeah. stuff in the car that he doesn't want people to see that's a actually a really solid movie too right yeah.
2: so he makes that and then he makes fucking spider-man what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck who the fuck makes two fucking low budget nothing fucking movies and then makes a
4: billion dollar movie
2: other than this guy and Taika Waititi.
4: So, Noah, you're forgetting that this guy directed some episodes of the Onion News Network. So that's I, where he's really, just they saw that and they're like, well, that's going to be lucky's like he's real good for the J. Jonah Jameson scene. You know, on so, I just know
2: uh, fucking think, think of how much time and effort and dedication fucking Marvel and Sony and all them put into making sure this was perfect. And they were like, that guy, clown movie guy.
1: <laughs> By the way, we should mention it. He directed Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, all three. So of he's them. he's made about five billion dollars amongst all three of those movies.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's now dirty, disgusting, rich, and he never needs to make another fucking movie again. No. Uh, I just I just that career. I, could you imagine? <laughs>
4: It's yeah. it's fascinating that first Eli Roth and then someone at Marvel was able to look at this guy and go oh, that guy's got it, you know. Like that's the thing that that makes a good movie producer is being able to find those gems, and somebody did it. I don't know who or how. I don't yeah. know how somebody watched a one minute short and thought we should give this guy one point five million, but I certainly don't know how somebody
1: watched this and went ah Spider Man yeah. Yeah, and it's weird because like all three Spider-Man movies are good. I'm yeah. I'm not saying they're all perfect. So, like uh, I would say, Far From Home, maybe is like the weakest one of the bunch, but like there's st- it's still good. Yeah, Which, even for in the just Spider-Man movies, you can't say that about any of the other like series. Like Spider-Man, right, but Spider-Man right. 3 yeah. is terrible.
2: He's been, he's been able to make double up sequels that haven't gone to shit. Yeah. So, t- so technically he outplayed Sam Raimi.
4: Yeah. yeah. And he also was able to bring in those other Spider-Men and make us care about like, like oh, yeah. Garfield Spider-Man who like, let's be honest no one cared about him at that point. Right. Like oh. like You know, he got brought in simply because they needed a third actor that had played Spider-Man before. And they made him into a likable character that we could all get behind, which is difficult to do.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, just he apparently just innately has that talent because he does make good choices with this movie, which is. Yeah strange to say about a movie where a guy turns into a clown like at first it's kind of like haha funny like oh he's turning into a clown like just from like a viewer's perspective but then like about halfway through the movie you're like oh man this guy's life is completely fucked up now yeah you start feeling yeah. bad for him he starts going into the office and like trying to like get
4: access to paperwork and stuff while he's in there and everyone's kind of coming up to him and he's. In that clown thing, you feel so bad yeah. for him. Are you wearing face paint? <laughs> he tries the Joker thing where he covers up the clown makeup with real, with other makeup to make himself look normal. <laughs> that completely doesn't work. Yeah, because at one point he's, he's doing this while he's already had his nose torn off. So I'm not sure if no. it's going to help that much, but. Yeah, so Crazy. Closest thing to like a comedy scene this has is when he's building that contraption out of like miter saws to cut his own head off. But then the payoff to that is so great when he falls out of that chair and the blade goes flying across the room and kills that kid who's harassing him. You're like, oh, that was (laughs) fun watching that, that kid die.
2: That was funny in that awkward horror movie funny way. Just because they go out of their way to be like, no, this is the sweetest, nicest child ever. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. He just wants to bring food for the clown and stuff. Like he just sees a clown staying at his hotel or whatever it is. And he's like, (laughs) oh, it's the blade of a miter saw across his chest. Amazing.
1: God. Yeah. Um, and then sort of like the big, uh, confrontation scene I mean I guess there's another confrontation scene at the end but sort of the big the big scene takes place at Chuck E. Cheese mm-hmm. which they get away
3: how
1: would they, they get that license the, well because they didn't actually show the full logo I think they could get away with it
3: yeah oh, really?
2: all they okay. showed was the reflection of the bottom half of part of the logo and it's just yeah. so recognizable that you yeah. like, oh it's Chuck E. Cheese
1: like no this says it's Hucky Chuck that's all. That's all we said. It was. I got a question for you. Is that what Chuck E. Cheese's are like there? Uh, this one actually looks like a really nice Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, which is I, I've
2: never seen uh, a Chuck E. Cheese that had a cool like. Uh, what do, what do they call those? The big tube jungle gyms, like, in, like the indoor play place. The, kind of. Yeah, the big yeah. play places.
4: Uh, yeah, like I've seen lots of those, and I've seen Chuck E.
1: Cheese's, but I've never seen yeah. them in the same building. There's literally one two minutes away from my house. Um, it has something similar to, to that, but the one in this movie is ginormous. Yeah. And I I gotta say, some of the most terrifying visuals from the movie are in this. The fucking child like comes up and there's that girl sitting in the slide, and she's like, Don't go up there. And then no. like just slides away. And he's like, Oh, well, I'm gonna fucking go up there and goes up another level. The kid's arm slides down the slide. <laughs> yeah. Blood coming down? It just—he sees yeah. his brother, and he's like, "Oh, there you are!" And his brother is just yanked like around the corner. Yeah, that stuff's oh all God. really good. Even though, again, it's
4: objectively ridiculous. We're inside this giant play structure, right? and a clown is like grabbing kids, but it's so fun.
1: Yeah, yeah it's. And then uh, we see a kid in the ball pit, like get pulled under, like tremor style. Yep. And then another kid jumps into the ball pit and he's like, Oh, someone peed in here. And then when he gets out, you see that his socks are like just covered in blood. Yeah, there's some fucked up scenes in this Chicken cheese. Man. Well then there's also that
4: moment after like this the big panic happens when all the parents figure out something's going on and they all run outside. Mm-hmm. And then we get from like those like disturbing like gore type moments, we get to now we've got the wife who ends up like she's sitting in her car panicked. And she's, like, really trying to decide whether to bring a, uh, a child to him and let him eat a child. And that kid comes up and basically volunteers to get eaten. Like, that is so dark. Like, imagine, imagine you're a kid and you walk up because she recognizes her from, like, her dentist's office or whatever. She's like, hey, you work at my dentist office, right? You're always really nice to me. Can't you drive me home? And she's like, sure, get in. I might feed you to my husband on the way home. But other than that, we're good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she takes a nap in the car, so she's able to uh, drive her to an abandoned, abandoned house or wherever she was going.
3: Oh, fuck,
2: I forgot to fucking talk. We got to talk about the scene where he kills the fucking son's bully. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. It's, it's one of the just best fucking moments in cinema of all time. Every
4: second of that entire part of this movie is like, yeah, that's perfect. Because they just have the kid being such an asshole that you get to be excited when he dies. when he's oh Like on God. his stupid video game, trash talking and stuff. Yeah, he even figures out that somebody's broken into
2: his house. And he's like, guys, someone's in my house. And instead of like going and running out of the house and get the cops, he goes and gets his fucking nunchucks.
1: Because <laughs> he's a fucking little
2: douche. And then whenever he sees the, the terrifying dad of the kid that he picks on all the time walking toward him and all the kids on the video game are still talking shit about the son. They're like, yeah, you remember whenever you were going to rub the fucking glue on his face? Yeah, that little pussy
3: bitch, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then just the amount of blood that gets left behind. It's like, you know, we fucked that kid up good. I uh, appreciate that. <laughs>
1: Is like half his body just left on the floor. Uh, Peter Stormare? Yep. He's always fantastic. I always he's love it when I see him show up and shit. He doesn't particularly act. He just exists, but it's fine. <laughs> like, he's
4: what they needed in this movie because he's got that generic accent that like no one knows where it's from. So you're just like, it's from this part of the world where the is from, and you're like, all
3: right, let him explain Vaguely, this scary shit. Vaguely Eastern European. I of.
1: To me, he's always the Russian uh, cosmonaut from Armageddon. And I never saw Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, my friend Randy always said he always remembered him as the Russian from, uh, or is it the German? Fargo.
4: Yeah. He's like, lit, I don't know what but. he's supposed to be in Fargo. He's great in that movie, but I have no idea what he's supposed to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's weird. Like the rest of the cast is pretty good. Like Yeah. I, like a first time movie. Like there's not I mean like some of the kids' stuff is not super strong, but it's kid actors, so what are you gonna do? Yeah.
4: But I think like I think the wife gives a really solid performance. Like there's that rather emotional scene where she still doesn't quite know what's going on. She's trying to find her husband and she like gets all his listings because she thinks, oh, well, he must be hiding out at one of the places he's got listed, right? He's got keys to them all. And she's driving around one to one and she finally finds him. And when she gets there she's like all like relieved and then she walks in and there's just like kid is dead on the floor <laughs> like oh but, but her performance is solid like you really believe it mm-hmm. and when she does start um like bringing a child to him with the intention of feeding it to him you really see that she means it like and that she has her like change of heart but you, you really believed she was gonna do it which is important for the movie
3: wow oh.
1: How about the visual when uh, he tries to shoot himself and uh, he sticks a gun in his mouth, pulls the trigger. And then just like a bunch of green, orange, like different colors, like spray all over the wall behind him. Amazing. That's That's the word <laughs> you're looking for. Amazing.
2: I, I really love the reaction of once he like comes back from the dead right then. And he's just
4: like,
3: Oh God.
4: So bad. <laughs> Imagine how frustrating it would be. Put yourself in his shoes. <laughs> so the weird thing with this movie is I saw it like when it was new and I remembered it being good. And then I'm like, nah, I better avoid that one for a while. Cause it can't be good. Like there's no way I remember this movie being good. <laughs> I'm so glad I rewatched it. It's like, yeah. It is
2: it, it is just fan-fucking-tastic. It's one of the best, like, straight horror movies that I've seen in a while. Because yeah, most, most no. of the time, whenever I get excited about a horror movie, it's because it's got, <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous or it's got crazy stuff or it goes way over the top. But this one just is, like, solid.
4: Yeah, like, this reminds me of, like, like back when before full moon got ridiculous when you would just go and you just the only movie on the shelf you hadn't seen was whatever full moon put out that week and you end up watching something like castle freak or something that's what this reminded me of watching just like balls to the wall horror no 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 like playing with the with the other genres we're like look we're just this is what we're doing okay you signed up for this
3: I was going to say, and while I didn't find it particularly scary,
2: I bet a normie watching this would be fucking scared to death at some points.
4: Yeah, I think so. Like, you could certainly couldn't show this to a child or anything. Like, lots of people I know would have turned this off. You could. I mean, you didn't like the child. <laughs> just, just a kid you don't like. It's like your neighbor's kid is always being loud and playing in your driveway. So you bring him inside and put this on, and now he stays away from your house. Well, you got to <laughs> teach him to stay the fuck away from clowns, man.
1: I mean, clunes.
4: Clear. Imagine like a little seven-year-old going to school the next day and explaining the mythos like the other kids. I do, I do
2: love when the the other characters introduced, and he's like, "What do you know about this cl- weird clown suit?" And he's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big thing." So I'm on my way. Don't touch it. I, Don't touch it, man. I've already put it on. I can't take it off. Oh, uh, yeah. It's because the fibers get
4: dry. <laughs> He tries so hard to come up with a logical explanation. He's like, Did you bring it over here? We can get it off you. I love how he immediately defaults to I'm just gonna have to decapitate this guy. That's the only solution here. He's like, I'm not, not really I'm gonna try anything else in between. I like the backstory too of when he was in the suit and his brother brought him like Kids that were dying of leukemia to kill. They're like
1: these kids. Oh yeah, yeah. Feed you to the clown. That was fucked. Yeah, like it's just weird. Like they start explaining, it's like it was this weird Patch Adams like sort of thing where he's like, "Oh yeah, my brother, you know, helped terminally ill kids, and I came in and made him laugh." And then it turns like super dark within the next like five seconds.
4: Yeah, it's. Yeah, it, and it's fun because it gets you going a little bit. You're like on his side, and then you're like, "Oh, you ate those kids. Guess I can't really be on your team anymore." Like.
2: <laughs> I love, I love the biology of the clown demon too. Where apparently it feeds like an owl. It just eats children, bones and all, and then vomits up the bones later.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, that was fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I did know that's how owls eat.
1: yeah oh yeah because they throw up like um, pellets yeah pellets that's what I was trying to think about the oh, what like mouse hair and bones and stuff
3: and a weird ah. little almost looks like a little cocoon of death that's why owls are terrifying yeah owls are cool as
1: fuck <laughs> we need more owl horror that's what we need we could do uh, secrets of NIM. It's creepy ass owl in there. You don't know what that is? You didn't watch it when you were younger? Nope yeah interesting.
3: Uh, anything that's else? One of sh- those, that's one
2: of those kids' movies that's both a fantastic movie with some great elements to it and is also uh, completely fucking traumatizing for children. And why, why in the
1: name of God did they show that to children? <laughs> yes. It was the 80s. It's that uh, Ralph Bakshi uh, artwork, isn't it? Was he like the director of the. Um, Art director or something on that movie?
3: <laughs> was
2: he? That sounds about right. I'm it's surprised. The I'm, I'm, well. I'm, su- I'm surprised he didn't put tits on all the mice.
3: Uh,
2: <laughs> no, no, it's not rotoscope. It's, it's actually Don very Disney esque
1: animation. Don, Just it's it's Don Bluth. That's who I was thinking. Don Bluth. Who did like Five Go Goes West and that kind of stuff. Oh, okay.
3: It's yeah,
2: no, it's Fivals goes west, but way darker in Five oh, totally, totally. and and the Fible movies are pretty fucking dark to begin with. All right.
4: We're off on a tangent. We're on a, on, a, on a
2: tangent about maybe that should be an episode. We should watch an American tale and
4: fucking secret and them. It's going on the list. Jesus Forget Christ. She <laughs> just put an American tale on our list. I haven't seen it so maybe it belongs fucking great
1: all right I haven't Uh, seen it weirdly I've never seen it either
4: I've never seen five goes west either we'll see maybe if I like an American
3: tale or anything
1: else about clown before we move on
4: no it's it's fantastic and it it really is just a case of like a very talented filmmaker knowing how to create atmosphere and do things that you shouldn't be able to do that. Everyone else would fail if they tried to make this movie, but he nailed it. Right. I don't, I just,
2: I don't have a single complaint about this movie. It was made exactly the way it should have been. Maybe, maybe it could have been better, but I, I can't put my finger on how
4: the only flaw in the film that I saw is when he first goes to like the warehouse, in the background like the guy's back there and he's like standing really still so you think he's one of the mannequins but then he starts moving but the problem is it's Peter Stormare so you're like oh there he is there's the guy (laughs) slightly too recognizable an actor to pull this off with that's the biggest complaint I have about
3: the movie
1: though Uh, well Noah do you want to run down stitches for us
2: Uh, yeah Stitches is about a clown who's working a kid's birthday party and accidentally stabs himself in the face twice. Uh, The
3: kids Uh, stab him in the face. Well.
2: Well, no, technically he falls on the knife. And then he gets up and does a bunch of shenanigans and then throws the knife in the air and it stabs him in the same hole again. Uh, Unlike the last movie, you, you may have guessed by now that this one's not played seriously. Uh, so he's being buried. The kid goes to watch and finds out there's some kind of weird clown cult burying him in their arcane clown ceremonies. Uh, and then 10 years later, uh, he decides that he's going to throw a party in order to, uh, lure in the chick he's got the hots for and that he, uh, pervs through a telescope a la Monster Squad. Yes, not a camera. Yeah. So all the kids show up and then uh, because of evil clown magic, the invitation lands on the grave of Stitches, who then climbs out of his grave and comes to wreak hilarious and bloody vengeance upon the kids who killed him. Ooh, ah.
4: It's... It's such a horror trope to have, like, the accident, and then the person comes back and takes revenge on the people who caused the accident.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's not even – like, I think saying that they're just following the trope gives it more credit for originality than you should. I mean, this movie almost blatantly says out of the gate, they're like, this is Nightmare on Elm Street. We're making Nightmare on Elm Street. We're just making it with a clown instead of Freddy." Uh, I can see the comparison, but I don't know. I mean, not even the comparison. The kid's taking Hypnosil at the beginning of the movie. like ever, There are so many Nightmare on Elm Street references in this movie. It's ridiculous.
4: Yeah. I mean, certainly once the kills start, it is a sound version of Freddy, where he's got his one-liners and he's using his like weird sound magic to kill people, which most of it I really loved. So,
2: Yeah, the kills. So... That that's where this movie gets weird for me. So the kills were great. The fucking pretty much anything that wasn't somebody dying was fucking dumb. I hate every second of this movie where somebody isn't getting killed and then when somebody's getting killed it's
4: great. Okay, yeah, but we're talking about like an 88-minute movie or something like that, right? So they know what they have going for them. They're not by no stretch of the imagination are they trying to make a drama film with some murders in it. They know exactly what we what we're here to see, and they go straight into it.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose, but I mean, like once again, it it intentionally draws comparisons between it and Nine Round Elm Street, and you want to be like, yeah, but Nine Round Elm Street was brilliant because like they kind of pulled the bait and switch on you of who the main character was, and you kind of get mildly attached to all the random teens who are getting murdered. In this case, it's almost like, no, fuck, fuck all these annoying little kids. Ah, fuck
4: yeah, Fuck I mean, kids. I agree, I agree with you that it's different, but also this is a not a straightforward horror film. It's not intended to be scary the way Nightmare on Elm Street is. So right. It's clearly like it's it's important to note that they knew what they were doing, that they were making a campy fun movie. And that part of the humor comes from the fact that Stitches, when he returns from the grave, it plays a deadpan serious, and he's the only one being serious in the whole movie, which I really enjoyed. I love I love him like just delivering that ridiculous dialogue, but with a straight face, and like when he like force feeds that one guy to death, that's awesome. Like all all the kills were really fun, and I, I think the performance from Stitches is. I didn't learn the actor's name because it's some Irish independent cinema actor. So I'm not going to learn it. But uh, his performance is amazing. The weird thing is all the kills
2: are great. And the only like kill that's bad in the movie is when Stitches dies at the beginning of the movie. I don't I don't understand how they went all practical with everything. And then his death is just a bunch of like CGI garbage. It really it threw me off because I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be just a CGI
4: shit fest. And then it turned out not to be. I liked the uh, I liked everything up until the first fall when he lands on the knife. I was fine with it until that. It's when he gets back up and then knife flies up and goes back into the same hole. I agree with you. There's issues. Yeah.
2: yeah. And there's a CGI blood spray. And I'm like, ah, yeah, fuck, you, you've lost me. You've the second there's a CGI blood spray on screen. You've lost me. Oh, it's low budget filmmaking.
3: They're doing what they can. It's not that hard to put blood in a support bottle. Um, so I think I'm on the same
1: page as Noah. Probably. The weird thing is uh, I watched this a week ago. Yeah. I don't remember a whole lot of what happened. Well, cause there's no plot. Uh, no, I remember the kills being decent and I remember absolutely nothing. Like, I don't even remember how he died, like, as far as, like, how they kill him off in the end. I don't oh, even remember his, all the it's characters. It's his
2: magical egg that he paints his clown face on. You've got to break yep. the egg.
4: Oh. Every, yes. every, clown, every clown has a magic egg in the folklore of this movie. Well, well, actually, you
2: know what the fucked up thing is? You know that's
4: true, right?
2: What? The, the egg painting thing? That's true. <laughs> no. Explained. Yes. Yes, the egg painting. Regi- There's an egg painted registry. It's it's an old tradition to copyright your clown face. You paint your clown face on an egg, take a picture of it, and you submit it. And it's in a big book.
3: That's fantastic. Yeah, that's one hundred percent true. Yeah,
4: weird. Yeah. Now you know if a clown's pissing you off, you just go break his egg. Problem solved. I'll never be able to pin it on you. Yeah, unfortunately, it's been over a week since I watched this, too. And I'm trying to remember the kills to, like, discuss them, because I remember really enjoying them.
2: So there's, but, there's the dude who he guts, and then he uses his guts to make balloon animals.
4: Yeah, that's fun. It's kind of fun.
2: There's the guy who he blows up his head.
4: I like that one. That was the most cartoonish of the kills, I thought. Uh,
2: the fat kid, he cracks his skull open and makes a bloody ice cream sundae,
4: basically, out of his brains.
1: Oh, yeah. He scoops it out with an ice cream scoop. Yeah, that's
4: fun. I, I really enjoyed all these moments, but I think I enjoyed the movie the most out sort of the three of us. Who else? How does Probably. The,
3: how does the dickhead die? He's hmm. sure upstairs in the attic can't remember what happens to him. Something gets pushed through his head, doesn't it? I want to say it's like a bouncy ball through the head or something. Yeah, I don't remember.
4: That's when our main character is in the, uh, the treehouse and sees the clown, and then he has to do the typical like, run back to the house to tell everyone, like, there's a clown in the house killing people, and they all laugh at him straight out of every horror
1: film. does seem like, if I remember, there is a point, though, where he gets all the kids to leave. Like Party's over, let's go. Yeah, somewhere along the line, he gets all the kids to leave, and
4: it's the scream effect, right? Party's over, and now just our main characters are left in the house.
3: Yeah, because there's the girl
1: who's very obviously into him, but he doesn't seem to notice that she's into him, because he's completely into her. Yeah. Well, she's got a boyfriend who's a douchebag. That's important.
3: Mm -hmm. I actually thought
4: the douchebag boyfriend was a pretty good character. The way, just the way he kept like, you're like, so I wrote a new song. I'll play it for you. And anybody else says anything, he just turns it back into being about him. I enjoyed that.
1: Noah sent us the uh, link for the clown registry. Yeah.
2: yeah, I'm sending Mm -hmm. you pictures of painted clown eggs.
1: Yeah, this is terrifying. This is terrifying.
2: Yeah, it's a yeah. creepy, horrible thing that should not exist, but does.
4: We'll have to, like, save that to our social medias at some point and show people what the sound eggs look like.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. This guy, did, the guy that directed this did not go on to direct a Spider-Man movie, so. That's Correct. I think we have to we have to it,
2: we have, it, to, we have, have to, never like, will. Maybe a Venom movie if he
4: plays yeah. his cards right. <laughs> Let's be honest, the one liners in this are every bit as good as Venom. Right.
1: Still never seen it. I mean neither.
3: I'm just extrapolating from what I have seen. Oh uh, gotcha.
4: No, I tried to watch Venom, I didn't make it through. Yeah, for me it's overall. These are two good clown movies. I'm a little bit surprised to be saying that, but <laughs> I, like, I have to admit when I was like, I'm going to pick clown movies for the next show. I'm like, like do I want to do this to myself? Is, are these both going to suck? Uh, I was happy with both. Got to watch them in the right order. Watch Stitches first. This clown is like an objectively better movie, but Stitches is super fun in that sort of leprechaun kind of way.
2: That's, see, I that's, that's the movie that I would directly compare it to. And the difference is that, like, uh, Leprechaun is more competently made.
4: Sure, this is very much an indie film. Yeah. Which, like, it, they started with what if a clown killed some kids and extrapolated from there. and wrote enough of a script to get it to feature length.
1: All right. Anything else about Stitches? Because I don't really have anything else to say.
4: No. I'd say, like, for me, it's worth a watch if you're into, like, just sort of parody films with good kills i'd 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 watch this one It's better than a lot of other crap that's out there Uh, i I would unfortunately agree with that (laughs) next i'm thinking like the movie candy corn that came out a little while ago that is the same basic premise but carnies instead of clowns and it's you know just not as good like this is this is better than a lot of the other crap that's out there that tries to do this exact same thing yeah, Most this of it is, I, I don't watch because you can tell it's bad just from looking at it. This one is, I think, good.
2: If you start running out of
4: supernatural
2: slashers, which I, I know happens so quickly, uh, <laughs> then you should watch this one.
0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at mndriveinpod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling.
1: Well, and what did everybody watch since the last episode?
2: Stuff. Uh, I'll save the, uh, the the mystery movie marathon that me and Brian went to for his. You can walk us through all those films. Okay. Uh, and then the big thing I've been watching is uh, Chapel Waith.
3: Which On is my the, list to watch.
2: Yeah, it's like the 10 episode miniseries that's uh, Adrian Brody and the girl from Shit's Creek whose name I can't fucking remember.
3: Uh, yeah.
2: And it's a. Uh, a loose as fuck adaptation of Jerusalem's Lot, which is kind of the prequel
3: follow-up to the Stephen King book, Salem's Lot. And it's, it's pretty good. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's way, it's way fucking different from the, <laughs> <laughs> the short story, but that's because that short story doesn't have much going on. Yeah. Uh, it it is kind of interesting. They kind of took so the I'm assuming you've read the short story,
1: right, Brian? Yeah, it's a very Lovecraftian rats in the walls sort of uh, story. Right,
2: right, right, right. About the the worm god
4: or whatever. Yeah.
2: Uh, so they take that story
3: and like combine it with vampire stuff. From Salem's Lot. because they need to fill ten episodes, <laughs> and they would have had two episodes if they just
1: did the story. Well, apparently, they're doing another season.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm literally on episode nine of ten, and it's like it's pretty fantastic. Like, uh, like the horror, the horror stuff is done pretty good. I mean, Adrian Brody is a good actor, so you can't really complain. Uh, for the fact that there's three kids in the movie, they do a pretty good job. I don't know. All, all in all, it's pretty interesting. I don't, I don't know how they
3: would do a second season at this point, because
2: it seems like the way the last episode's heading, it's
3: going to be pretty wrapped up. But yeah, yeah, it's totally worth a watch. Way better than I thought it was going to be. Nice. I think I got kind of spoiled with all the uh, the horror shows
2: by uh, What's-His-Face. Uh, you know, guy who did Fly Manor and How
1: Uh Mike uh, Flanagan?
2: Yeah, Mike Flanagan. Fl- Flanagan spoiled me. I've, I've got too many good horror series right. now. So now I'm I'm getting extra judgmental whenever I
3: watch them. <laughs> it's
2: a real problem you got
3: there.
2: Yeah, it's no good. I have noticed that over time. Like you get, it's it's the same thing that happened with superhero movies. Like. It used to be every superhero movie. I loved it no matter how bad it was because that was the superhero movie I was getting for the next five years. And now that we have tons and tons of superhero movies, I can be like, nah, this one's bullshit.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Quit making bullshit movies, Sony. Uh, but that's besides the, uh, the movie marathon. That's it. I haven't watched anything else. What'd you yeah. watch, Doug? I only got a couple things. Um,
4: all right. Well, I took a bullet for everyone and I watched the remake of Inside from like 2018. Because mm. remember when they decided to remake that movie? Yeah. No. No one watched it because like, there was no chance of it being good. Well, it's
1: weird. They chose to remake that and Martyrs like <laughs> way too long after those oh. movies came out. <laughs> It's like we're not even in that like horror cycle anymore. People don't like those kind of movies now. Oh don't read. Nobody would like Inside no matter when it was made, because that makes you feel any better. <laughs> it's just
4: like the setup is similar, but they don't have the fucking balls to make it about like two people in a house. So they keep having like additional body count show up. And it's just so dumb. Like it's the stupidity of the characters in this movie. And then the insult to the audience that goes along with that because you've got like a moment where like the, you know, the attacker is like caught in the house by like a neighbor who stopped by and she's pretending to be the mother of the other woman. Except it's two actresses that look kind of the same age. And you're like, how could any idiot think that that person is the mother of that other person? It doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know if the actresses are really different age, but they certainly don't look it in this in this movie. And then just to add insult to injury a couple of minutes later. The actual mother shows up and she's surprisingly well cast when she walks on. I'm like, oh, that's probably the mother of the main character. And they're like, yeah, it turns out it is. (laughs) So you're just like, like you're pointing out the flaws in your own movie. I'm like, why would anyone do that? That's just stupid. And then it like, it does the classic thing of like cops show up and then they're like dumb as shit. So they like get attacked and you're like, All right, maybe don't be dumb as shit. It's to the point where, like, the one cop he goes to the door, and the the attacker lady like pretends to be the own homeowner and like, oh no, everything's fine here. You can go away. And he gets back to the car and realizes shit. Like, the woman who called the first time earlier tonight was pregnant. That woman's not pregnant. This must be something. Must be going on. So he rushes back up to the house, and his partner waits in the car. Like, of (laughs) course. I think that woman might be committing a home invasion right now. Stay here while I check it out. It's like, Jesus Christ, how stupid can you get? It's just atrocious. And then it commits like the one insult that I just, I can't handle it when remakes do this, where it's like, we're a remake. We're a completely original movie using some of the same subject matter. But then they keep doing close ups on the big scissors. Like remind the audience, remember the first movie had these big scissors in them, and it was like something that everyone talked about for a long time. Remember these, and you're like, stop, like stop reminding me that this is a remake of a much much better movie. Just, uh, just frustrating to watch. I don't know why I watched it. I knew I knew this was going to happen. For some reason, I watched it you know anyway. I-, I don't know. So now you guys know. Don't watch it. I'm sure you were right on the verge of deciding to watch it.
1: Nah seeing the original i think that's good enough
4: yeah and the original i think holds up i haven't seen it in a while which is one of the reasons why i decided to uh to watch this is because it's been a long enough since i saw the original that i thought i could not directly compare them and they keep doing that thing with the scissors where they're like compare it to the original do it compare it to the original so that's frustrating as shit Again, my own fault because it was so obviously good. Bad, <laughs> I don't know why I did it to myself.
3: Um, the other
4: movie I watched, which was it was also, it was frustrating in a whole different kind of way, though. Uh, a movie called "Dark Was the Night" from uh, mm. twenty fifteen, I think. Um, so the idea is that small town appears to be a monster showing up and then they kind of figure out like, Oh, there's logging going on up North and they probably chased some, some big animal down from up there. and Now it's in our town, you know? Um, what's weird about this movie is it's like very dramatic throughout most of the movie. Like we, we don't see much of the monster. We see like we, the whole town wakes up one morning and there's footsteps that go all over the whole town and we see everybody kind of freaking out about it um you know and the sheriff's trying to convince everyone that it was a hoax because he's like these don't look like any animal prints that we've ever seen before and there's like it ends up it, i i I'd hate to compare it to this because it's not fair to do this to any movie but it reminded me of jaws in a way of like where they're just like this was really a drama film that happens to have a killer in it and then we'll end with a big dramatic fight between our main character and the monster um what was weird about this is the drama like worked really well. like so I like really got engaged in it the I forget the lead actor's name. But he's one of those like faces that I've seen in a million things, but I've never actually seen him star in a movie before and he uh, yeah. he's like really good and there's like a backstory where like his his other kid died in like an unrelated um, unrelated incident just before the movie started his kid died and his wife left him while they were grieving. So he's got this weird relationship with his living child who um, is going back and forth between the two parents and stuff. But like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, There's a moment in this movie where like, both parents get called into the kid's school and uh, you see them interacting, like the two parents and the teacher, and they do this really good job of making it like, oh, these are like people who like, got along really well at one point and who are still both really looking out for the best interest of their kid and when the topic of their deceased kid comes up they both get like really upset and defensive and then they walk outside and she's crying and she goes to hug him and he kind of just backs off like what the fuck like we're not together what that's not how this works anymore kind of thing and it's like you see that broken relationship really portrayed well really interesting um it was like a weird side story about out from New York City that moved there. Maybe that's where I got the uh, Jaws vibes from. He got shot <laughs> doing his job in New York City and moved to this small town. Uh, but he's an interesting character as well. He's sort of, he serves as sort of a point of view character as we get to know the town, because he doesn't know everybody yet and stuff. Um, and it's done well. Uh, the only problem is at the end, so the there's a big storm comes through town. Some of the people choose to leave. Some of the people choose to stay. The monster shows up he's going to attack people, so they all end up locked in this church, and you have your sh- big showdown between the main character and his deputy versus this monster, and it all works well up until we finally see the monster, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" Like it's just, <laughs> it's just this CGI thing. It's like I think it maybe it's supposed to be a Wendigo, but they don't actually name it, and it's just it makes no sense, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to see that. I don't want to watch that happen anymore. It's only for a few minutes at the very end of the movie. Because I was enjoying the movie so much, it was a real like shock when it showed up. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because like, even leading up to it, there's a moment where the, the thing's in a house and it's like going up the stairs and people are hiding. And you just see its like feet on the stairs and it looks good there. It just When they decide to show you the full thing, it's when it finally like just really goes downhill. But overall, I think I still enjoyed the movie. It was just... I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. When a movie ends poorly, then you're like, well, I don't know what, I don't really know what to do with that now. Cause like, would I ever watch this movie again, knowing that I'm not gonna like the last five minutes and sitting through all the other stuff? You're going, okay, this is all leading up to something I won't enjoy. So.
1: yeah, so. I uh I saw this a while ago. Okay. And I remember pretty much thinking along the same lines as you. I remember thinking the um uh, the atmosphere of the whole thing was done really well. Like it's really kind of yeah. creepy and they pull that off really well. And then, yeah, when monster crashes into the church, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And I was like,
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> and like, I, I disappointed.
4: I get it because somebody gave them money to make this film. And if you go and turn in your final product with, you know, the monsters through the door and he shoots it or stabs it or whatever, after having like all the drama, that film's not getting released. So they have to have the big fight. But it just made me sad when they had the big fight. Because so many of the character moments worked and so many of the horror moments worked throughout. Like, where they would find like the big scratch marks on things and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I don't know if I recommend that movie or not. I'm just, My recommendation is all of those things I just said you decide for yourself if
3: that's a recommend or
4: not um yeah the other thing that's weird about it is it is shot with this like blue filter over the whole movie which at first i'm like oh i'm gonna hate this but then towards the end of the movie i'm like oh it didn't bother me at all actually i thoroughly enjoyed it so I, i think it actually helped create the atmosphere And to answer some listener feedback, I got, yes, the night is in fact dark, so the title is not false advertising, just so we're clear. Because <laughs> our listeners ask the hard-hitting questions, you know how it is. And yeah, the only other thing I watched, I rewatched Megan from last year, a killer doll movie, which I have to say I enjoyed even more on a rewatch than I did the first time, I think, because I knew what to expect going into it. So like now I'm like watching for like the RoboCop references and getting excited when they come on screen rather than being surprised by them. (laughs) So yeah, if you haven't seen that one yet, it's, it's a recommend in the, in that, like it, it does a great job of paying tribute to like little things. And there's, well, there's a bunch of stuff that you're like, as it happens, you're like, that's going to pay off later, but then it does pay off later. So it's okay. (laughs) Okay. It did. There's a moment in this film where they're in a garage and there's like a big robot that you control by putting on like these gloves and like a headpiece so you can kind of like virtual reality control it and I'm like there's no way that thing's not going to fight the killer doll by the end of the movie <laughs> <laughs> then when they start fighting I'm like oh my god look at them they're fighting it's great it's like, I don't know um, yeah I, I don't know I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed that one so I if you haven't seen it I'd recommend watching it if you have seen it I'd recommend watching it again it held up for me on a rewatch so But that is, yeah, that's it for me. I'm going to watch Jaws again. Do we need to go over whether or not I like Jaws? (laughs) Probably good. (laughs) Um, I watched Jaws on like Thursday and then almost went and saw it in theaters on Saturday when I realized it was (laughs) (laughs) playing.
1: Still no Guardians,
3: uh huh? Not yet. Jerk. We'll see.
4: I I might watch it in theaters if the opportunity presents itself. But at this point, we're like four days away from the Disney Plus release. So I'm sure I'll watch it when that happens.
1: Uh, So as Noah mentioned, we went to Late Night Grindhouse 13th anniversary, which was 13 hours of mystery movies. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, We ended up skipping the last two movies. Uh, Doesn't sound like we missed a whole lot, though. Which is fine. Um, So essentially what my friend Andy does, he uh, sort of uh, curates these in, like, double features. So he'll show, like, two movies, and then there'll be, like, a 20-minute break, and then two movies, 20-minute break, etc., um, and he always plays trailers that are supposed to tell you sort of what the movies are going to be about. Um, let's see if you could figure it out. Uh, the first double feature was about con men come to town and claim one thing. And they're obviously like uh, doing it for their own gain of some sort. Uh, the first film that popped up was uh, Witchfinder general with Vincent price. Um, I had seen it before, and I remember not super enjoying it, but re-watching it in the theater, um, I had a much better time with it. It yeah, was, no, a, it was no,
2: definitely I, fun seeing uh, Vincent Price playing a character that, that is still nefarious, but much more straight. You know what I mean? Instead of like a giggling maniac.
3: Yeah, a little
1: less over the top. Um. So yeah, Vincent Price comes to town. He claims to be a witch finder, offers his services. People are like, "Well, these people in town have been acting weird," and he goes about proving that they're witches. And of course, the most. Uh, useless way that is going to confirm that they're either witches or they were innocent but now they're dead so who fucking cares
2: the movie's bizarrely accurate with the stuff that they would do they're like we're going to tie your hands and feet together and throw you into a river if you drown then God saw fit to kill you but if you don't drown then the devil
4: helped you escape (laughs) Yeah, oh,
1: see, makes perfect sense.
4: You guys are saying that like it doesn't make sense, but uh,
3: how do you counter that logic?
1: Fair enough, I guess. Uh, but enjoyed that one. Um, but then, uh, what I would say was the highlight of my evening was uh, this movie, Impulse, with William Shatner, who. Uh, Plays a con man who comes to town and is trying to, I don't know, he's trying to get money out of people for bullshit. But that's not really important. He starts sort of like dating this single mom. And uh, Shatner's performance, he just completely goes off the rails by the time the movie's over (laughs) with. It's so awesome to watch. That,
2: That movie has affected my life. (laughs)
1: <laughs> having, having seen
2: it, having having that performance in my brain forever, I just I, I kept telling Brian, I don't understand if that movie's supposed to be a comedy or not.
4: <laughs> There's no reason to decide. It's the chat.
2: I d- it's just real weird because the, the movie plays like this is all supposed to be super serious. And, like, things just keep happening where you're like, no, come on. Like,
1: that's a joke, right? (laughs) Well, we got to talk about Pete. Oh, my God. Fucking karate Pete. (laughs) He meets up with this guy who apparently is on to his schemes and has been following him. And he Shatter knows him from before. He's like, oh, you're still pulling this con, huh? And he's like, well, you know, we're going to have to, I don't know, he sort of shakes him down. And Shatner's like, all right, well, let's meet up. At, was it the car wash? Is that where they were meeting?
2: Yes, the car wash.
1: At, like, fucking 9 o'clock. And this has been dead serious the whole time. Like, the guy playing Pete is a big, like, uh, Samoan-looking guy who looks like he could probably break your arm just by with one hand. And, you know, he's like, well, let's meet up at 9 and we'll figure it all out. So Pete pulls up to the drive-in we get to see his vehicle, which is an RV with a giant banner on it that says Karate Pete.
2: Yeah, like a solid white paper banner taped to the side with Karate
1: Pete written in giant letters. There is huh. no explanation of what this is. <laughs> There's been no mention that he is like a traveling like karate instructor or anything There's just no reasoning. He shows up in this RV with the banner that says Karate Pete. And that is the only explanation we get for it. If any one of us was nicknamed Karate Pete,
4: we'd do the same thing. Let's be honest. (laughs) I guess so, but. You guys are acting like this is ridiculous. And I'm sitting here going, this is (sighs) one of
1: the most realistic things Shatter's ever done. (laughs) Uh, The Shatter's like hanging out on the roof and tries to get him into a noose. So that he can choke Karate Pete to death. So he doesn't reveal his schemes. But yeah. It's a good plan. Yeah, but like I think I sent you the clip where the clip is just labeled William Shatner yells at Fat Woman. <laughs> because that's literally what happens in the clip. I
4: refused to watch that clip because you had already told me I should see the movie, and I'm like, "There's no way I can't watch that clip, and then try to go into that movie." I spent the whole time just anticipating William Shatner yelling at a fat lady.
2: So the whole reason why we were watching it is that uh, a group is doing a 4K remaster uh. of, of the film, <laughs> and you you must you must purchase it. <laughs> We all must, I have to, I have to buy it. I have to have it in my life because I have to be able to show it to other people and be like, just tell me, Ah. just tell me what you think of Shatner's performance in this movie.
1: (laughs) Cause it just gets more and more frantic by the time the movie is coming to an end. And it's just, it's incredible.
2: (laughs) Well, and there's, there's also that running thing of,
1: you know, and I get,
2: I get that it's partially true that, that Shatner was some kind of a sex symbol. His weird, square, pudgy body just apparently drove women insane. I don't quite understand it. But through the whole movie, like, it's him trying to be, like, sexy and intimidating, in which he's just not. Like, Shatner's just not, no matter how crazy his performance is. Nobody believes that he's a threat. And 90% of this movie is him versus a small child.
3: (laughs) I believe Tanner could beat up a small child. I think he's threatened those
1: circumstances. I don't know. And I feel like this movie, you can definitely see the line where his toupee meets his real hair. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, like this movie is so fantastic. Like I said, it's up and full on YouTube. I encourage anybody to look it up. Type in "Impulse" William Shatner.
2: Although it looks like the YouTube one's low quality, maybe you should. Wait. Sure is. Maybe you should wait and buy that 4K. <laughs> you need that high def restoration so that you can really f- feel Shatner's facial expressions and body movements. <laughs>
1: Uh, so for me that was like the movie of the night, and it happened. It was the second movie in, so it's all That's downhill from problem. here. But yeah. no, there's still good movies. Um, uh, the next block came up, and it was about gang movies. I don't remember what trailers they showed, but uh, I think Death Wish was one of them. Death,
2: Death Wish three.
1: Oh, Death Wish three specifically. I forgot. No. Uh, so the first movie up was one we've covered on the show before with Vigilante. Good old Fred Williamson and Robert Forrester. Uh, it was fantastic watching this on the big screen. Oh yeah, that's it that was really good to watch in the theater.
4: Imagine you'd be right primed for it too after that Shutter movie. <laughs>
2: be primed for anything. They could have fucking came out and, and played Barney the movie, and I would have been like, "No, nah, I'm in. Let's go!" Woo. <laughs> uh, um,
1: so since I had seen it before, I was like, "Well, I got I got to run to the bathroom." So I, you know, hit up the bathroom, got a refill, and then because uh, I had called, what uh, I'm like, I think we're going to be watching Vigilante probably. And so I was out there. I saw Andy, and so I told him, like, "Yeah, I totally called vigilante." And he's like, "Oh yeah, what's the second movie?" I was like, "It's got to be the Warriors, right?" And he just looked at me and he's like, "I don't know. We'll see." And sure enough, the Warriors was the second movie, which weirdly was the first time watch for me. Oh really? Yeah, I just had never gotten around to watching it. So. And thoughts? Ah, was my the getting to experience it on the big screen, I think was fantastic. Um, really liked it. Thought it was really good. It's definitely something from that time period. Like I just felt pulled back into that death wish vigilante, like sort of, you know, scenario. Yeah. It's sort of hyper realism that it invokes with
4: all the weird gangs and stuff. You're like, eh. yeah, yeah, yeah. if you yeah. get sucked into it, it's good. But
1: yeah, See some dudes walk out with their faces all painted up carrying baseball bats. You're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like I could ba- be in the it.
4: Baseball Furies. Yeah. Do gangs wear uniforms? I'm not sure, but they do in this movie.
2: <laughs> you see what you get, warriors? You see what you get when you mess with the orphans? <laughs>
1: That's so ridiculous. Uh, but all that stuff was fun. I like the idea of them being sort of stranded across town and they have to cross all these gang territories to get home. It keeps being, like, complications. Um, Somebody setting, like, the tracks of the the, uh, train or whatever on fire. So they have to get off the train, try to find another station to get on to go around it. Like, yeah, all that stuff. I thought it was really good.
2: It's amazing how, in such a bonkers-ass movie, the plot is so simple. It's just a group of guys need to get from point A to point B, and everyone in between wants to kill them. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, the movie just literally ends with them on the beach the sun's up, and it's like, ah, we made a home. These guys are assholes, so all the other gangs are like, fuck them, we're going to take care of them.
2: Like yeah, 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 and, and like Absolutely. and it doesn't even end with a huge confrontation. Like it's it's yeah. just fascinating. I don't everything about that movie is so
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, I was worried it was going to be the director's cut because I had heard that was pretty terrible. The one where he added in like comic panel transitions and shit. Um, which this wasn't
3: so good the only bad thing is uh man
2: those those pejoratives oh are real yeah thick they're real thick in that movie
1: oh yeah it was uh 1979 so they just let all that stuff fly no problem yep yeah it's it's of its era when it
3: comes to the dialogue
1: Um, so after that, uh was it nineties movies that or no eighties movies that seem like they were made in the nineties? This was a weird Gee, that's, category, that's but right. sure. Uh so first up was I Madman, which I had seen before and was not a huge fan of. Uh I would say still not a huge fan of it.
2: I see I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's kind of uh, just a kind of a bonkers weird movie. And I, I, I don't know, something, something about the way it's framed and the the visuals of the storytelling. I was like, yeah, I like this. It almost feels like, uh, I, I don't know, like creep showy. If you took one creep show vignette
3: and stretched it into a full movie.
4: Sure. Yeah, I can see that comparison if you're talking about the first group show. Yeah, they weren't kind of laying into the camp quite as heavily.
3: Yeah. I was not a big fan of i Men when I watched it, but it's been a while, so.
1: Um. Yeah, woman's reading a book, and uh, weird shit in the book starts happening in real life. Possibly. Yeah, you find out that the person who wrote the book may have been an actual like crazy doctor or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think I like the
4: idea was good. Maybe the execution just wasn't perfect, but I do remember having the discussion about it at one point where we're all like, why was this made in the eighties? Why? This doesn't seem like it should have been made in the eighties at all.
3: Um,
1: then we followed it up with this movie called anguish. This is really fucking weird. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> this was the movie we ended our night on, which which was probably was not super great. Um, so the movie starts and you see the, and my friend Andy told me this was like his white whale movie. Like he's always wanted to show this movie, but the rights were all kind of fucked up for a long time. And apparently they've got it sorted out enough. So he was able to look it. And he specifically, um, put it, he's like, Oh, I get to show it in a theater, which it's not shown in theaters very often or wasn't. And, um, it'll help. And it's this, it makes it this weird meta sort of thing. But when the movie starts, like the, uh, cast starts popping up and number one is like Zelda Rubenstein, which I'm just like, Oh. Old lady from Poltergeist, that's great. And uh oh, what the fuck is the other guy's name? He just died not too long ago. I don't know. I remember him as the Roger Eber character from the nineties Godzilla movie.
4: Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, you, yeah. you remember the nineties Godzilla movie?
1: <laughs> that, I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> that's like the only thing I remember. What a fucking weird cut. Sorry. I got to look this guy's name up because it's going to bug me. Um, so this horror movie starts out where he's like an eye doctor and. Um, uh, uh, Michael Lerner, that's his name. Um, trying to think of how to even explain this movie.
2: Well, and he's not even an eye doctor. He's a janitor that works for the optometrist.
1: Oh, that's right. He's posing as, like, an eye doctor, but we find out he's not even actually a doctor. Yeah. And he gets in trouble because he's, like, obsessed with eyes or something. and I don't know. Just a bunch of weird shit happens, and Zelda Rubenstein's able to, like, possess him almost. And, like... It's so fucking weird. And then 20 minutes into the movie, suddenly it shifts... And we find out, oh, this is a movie. We're just watching a movie because we now see people in the theater watching this up on the big screen. And you're like, what? And like this, one of the girls is like super scared and doesn't watch this anymore. She's trying to get her friend to leave with her and her friend doesn't want to leave. And so they're just arguing back and forth. and. I mean,
2: And there's a bunch of weird, like, hypnosis shit that seems like it's affecting some people in the audience much more than others.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And, and so it kind of just goes back and forth. And then this one girl, like, goes to the bathroom. But we find out, like, this creepy guy that she was scared of that everybody or that her friend told her wasn't a big deal. Um has been coming to watch this movie like every day for the past like couple weeks or something. And he's
3: decided to come and just shoot everybody in the theater.
1: I yes. Guess. Sure. Um, and I don't know. It just goes off into this weird direction. This movie's playing on the screen. All this shit's happening in the theater. And then, like the one of the girls, like gets out and is able to like tell somebody on the street. Who then they go call the police, and then police come. I love is weird stand. No, she
2: tells she tells a guy on the street who's basically like, "Oh, you're a little girl and you're a fucking idiot. Let's go find your friend in the theater." And then they go in the theater and find blood
1: all over the place. And he's like, "Oh, holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just such a weird ass movie. I don't, I don't think it was a pleasant experience for me. No, I think I was awful. So confused the entire time. and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So definitely was not for me.
2: The craziest part of the experience is whenever it was over and we were heading out, we went out to, you know, head. Brian was waiting to say goodbye to his friend and all that. And we're all these people are walking up and talking to him and everybody's talking about how genius this movie is and that, Oh no, no, it's this genius meta narrative and it's the conversation about horror and all. That. And I'm like, did you guys watch the same fucking movie that I watched? Cause this seemed like a steamy pile of shit with some like, um, subverting, audience expectation bullshit in it. You know, that pretentious garbage that people do. I don't know. It, it, I, I am anti this movie. I think this movie is a steamy pile
1: of shit. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but I'm very much just, uh, just like, what, what the fuck is happening? Because I didn't understand what was happening. I did not
3: enjoy the movie. So yeah, I don't know. It's
1: weird. I don't recommend it. I fucking hated it, apparently. And other people at the screening thought it was the most genius thing they'd ever seen, so I don't fucking know. Yeah, people like to say that about movies that they don't understand, though.
4: That's true. I haven't seen the movie. I can't comment specifically.
2: I I would love to tell you to watch it to tell us, but uh, don't. All (laughs) don't I, I think and I think the the prime way to watch this movie is in the theater. <laughs> like, we, we were in the perfect viewing scenario where we were in a theater filled with people who are giant horror buffs that want to see weird offbeat horror. And I think it still
1: came off bad. Yeah, I just feel like it was a weird like flow to the movie that didn't make any sense. Like, there was no, like, going through everything and being like, oh, okay. There, the stuff that's happening in the theater is being reflected by what's happening on the screen. Which, I mean, I guess maybe they did that a little bit, but it wasn't, like, that exciting.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of supposed to be that the the guy is obsessed with this movie and he's convinced that the mom in the movie is also in his head. And, like, he's throwing a fit that the son in the movie doesn't do what Mother tells him to do. And then, I don't know, it's real strange.
1: Yeah, that's weird. So. Did not enjoy, Do not recommend.
2: And then there's a weird, like, twist ending that makes it just feel like, I don't know. Because it's so nonsensical that the ending, you're like, okay, now we're in, like, uh eraser head territory of just I I think maybe this movie
3: is just up its own ass (laughs) like yeah
1: Uh, then we went home so we didn't see the last two which I heard was like one of them was like a mixtape sort of thing from some website I don't know I think it was just a bunch of like scenes from different movies thrown together uh, so I'm not disappointed I missed that and then I don't remember what the last movie was but it was something I never heard of and I looked it up and I'm like oh well that doesn't sound interesting at all so seems like we left at the perfect time like how you're bad mouthing your friends film festival i like it's over you can't sell it this <laughs> now anyway <anymore>. it's fine <laughs> no I had I had a really great time for the last year's one I had a great time for a majority of this one it's just that last movie I was like what
2: I mean, even enjoyed watching that the movie that I hate because I was in the
3: theater with a bunch of people and you know listening to people react to it and stuff is always interesting.
1: Um, let's see, and then uh, the last thing I watched this week I finally got around to watching 65 with Adam Driver. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, I thought it was good. It's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. Adam Driver shooting dinosaurs with lasers. Yeah. so I was on board for. It,
4: it, it's one of those movies that delivers exactly what it promises. Like, There's no way you went into that thinking it was a
1: better movie. It's just like, this is what it is. If you want to watch that, watch it. If you don't, don't. I heard that uh, Adam Driver was a little disappointed they gave away the twist in the trailer. I don't know how much that mattered, but... Yeah, I
3: don't know. It was still good. Yeah.
4: I I don't think it mattered. I don't think the twist mattered at all to be told honest. No. So I remember when I saw it and Noah kept trying to like add layers to it and ask if it was like doing this meta stuff I'm like no, it's not doing anything. It's just <laughs> it's just a guy with a ray gun shooting it at dinosaurs. That's all.
1: Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Hey, Noah, what do we watch next week?
2: Uh, I need a little bit of levity in my life, so we're going to watch uh, Sidekicks and Showdown.
4: Yeah, we are. See,
2: fucking Chuck Norris.
4: Heavy drama next week?
1: Is that what I'm to understand? <sighs> Only if you think high school bullying is dramatic in the 80s, it wasn't. It's what turned you into a karate champion. That's right. You earned everyone's
4: respect. Why can't we just get bullies today to watch these movies and bully the kids in the same way? So it turns their modern kids into karate champions. Right. That's what we need to work on.
1: The world had more karate champions. Better place. (laughs) Luckily, no. It's to generation of uh, participation trophies. So they can start
4: creating new championships for all the kids <laughs> that get bullied.
2: I think, I think something went wrong along those lines because I remember being in high school and we had one kid in the high school that was actually super duper into karate and everybody thought he was a fucking doofus for
4: being super. <laughs> into karate. Yeah. My elementary school definitely had a kid who thought he was like super good at karate. And then he would use that to pick fights and then everybody beat him up. And like, I remember asking him one time, like, why do you keep doing this? Your karate is not helpful in these circumstances. Your kung-, your kung fu is not strong enough.
1: Well, the problem is probably, I don't know this kid, but he wasn't trained by like a high school janitor or gardener or whatever. You probably went to like actual karate school. Yeah, but you, don't learn. The issue. you don't you don't learn real karate that way.
2: Yeah, if you don't have Billy Blanks tie bowing you into a furious <laughs> warrior or or some kind of weird spectral Chuck Norris guide. You're just you're just not gonna do good. Yeah. I
4: think those are both very reasonable statements.
1: Mm-hmm. So get ready. Next week we're gonna learn some some karate protect ourselves from our high school bullies
2: might have to I might have to throw in a rewatch of Jim Cotta
3: <laughs> it's not quite the same subject matter but I understand karate uh, you're not going to watch uh, Return of the Dragon
4: maybe I feel like that film suffered by having a karate uh, master play the karate master, whereas Jim Kata got a gymnast to play the karate master, which is way more entertaining.
2: <laughs> or I could just watch The Last Dragon again.
1: Or we could just all just watch Bloodsport again. Bloodsport and Kickboxer and
4: Lionheart. <laughs> I don't think we've done Kickboxer on the show yet. We can always add it to the list. Do we do Lionheart? I think so.
2: I think we did Lionheart. But there are still there is still many of Van Dam and the weird kung fu fight tournament to the death movies to do. This is
1: the only, really the only kind of Van Dam movie I want to watch anymore. Look, if he's not in some weird underground karate tournament where he might possibly die, what's the point of even watching it? I
4: mean, there's no real counterpoint to what you're saying, but I feel like you're being disrespectful to movies like. Uh... Hard target and
3: cyborg,
1: yeah. Hard target. I would argue, the fact that he's being hunted for sport um, by Wilfred Brimley is almost a tournament in itself. Did I have the movie goes, I thought Wilfred Brimley helped him out. Oh, you're right. It's Lance hunted Hen- by Lance Henriksen. Lance, yeah. Lance Henriksen's the one hunting him. I forgot.
4: Yeah. Fine. Then you were disrespecting
1: nowhere. I forgot
2: Lance Hendrickson and fucking Wilfred Brimley were in that. (laughs) I want to watch that fucking movie too. (laughs) This
1: is going to put a hard target on the
2: list. I
4: feel like we've done that one too. What's
2: what's what's the other one where he's fucking hanging out with Dennis
1: Rodman for some goddamn reason? Oh, double team.
4: Yeah, twins in that one. Is that the one where he plays twins?
1: Oh, that's double impact. Oh, sorry. <laughs> There's so many. He's, he's so fucking prolific. <laughs> <laughs> Fade made so many goddamn movies. It's insane. I used, to, I used to watch the shit out of Double Impact. We might watch that one again at some point. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Yeah, that's the one who plays the twins. It's great.
3: Doesn't one of them to have yeah. Rob Schneider in it? Uh,
1: Something like 90s. Yeah, but I think it was after he started falling off, so we never got
3: uh oh, I spelled his name wrong
4: Well, his career was falling off and Rob Schneider's career was going the nowhere that it went <laughs> Adam Sandler was directly involved <laughs> Sorry
2: Well, he had that run where Rob Schneider was various things Hmm.
4: Was an animal, and then he was a male J.K.L.O. These are good points.
2: And, and a hot chick.
4: Oh, don't
3: forget, he was also a hot chick. Yeah. I bet you
4: that film doesn't really hold up, though. I really tried to rewatch it.
2: I, do, I don't know if any of his films hold up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried to get my uh, nephew to watch Bloodsport watch the trailer and he's like this doesn't look realistic i'm like that's not the point of the movie the point isn't to look realistic i'm really sorry that you just own your nephew that's unfortunate i was like you don't understand it's an underground karate tournament oh okay like how dare you how dare you
4: full contact so it's a completely illegal secret tournament
1: that yeah. anyone can find with very little effort. Kumate. Uh, Kumate. Rob Schneider and Jean-Claude Van Damme are in a movie called Knockoff in 1998. The description... Is it,
4: is it going to be the description? Is it going to be a
1: knockoff of other movies? Is that what's about to happen here? <laughs> a fashion designer must join forces with the CIA agent to combat terrorism. Well,
4: we just found the limit, guys. If one of you puts that on the, uh, on the <laughs> list, then, then the podcast is over. I just, now we know. I
2: just, now I, we know. I pulled up John claudes uh, acting history just because I wanted to see. And then he's, he's uncredited in, in weird roles in the movie Breaking and Missing in Action, which that's fucking wild all on its own. Uh, but then apparently his first credited role... Is it a movie called Monaco Forever, where he plays a character called Gay Karate Man? (laughs) Yeah, and?
4: (laughs) And, I've seen him dance. I know he can play gay if he wants to.
2: I also need to point out, he's on the cover of the VHS.
4: Okay, yeah, but I feel like that might have been a re-release later on. <laughs> I don't think gay karate man is the hero yeah. of that story. Yeah. It's gay, like.
2: gay karate man, the main the main attraction.
4: <laughs> I wish the credits would say, like you know, starring so and so, so and so, and John Claude Van Dam as gay karate man. <laughs>
1: um so I have to read this longer description of knockoff. All right. Before I go, I want you to answer me, who who's playing what character in this movie? Uh-oh. <laughs> because the roles that I put them in when I read it above do not line up with what this one's telling me. It says a Hong Kong fashion designer, parentheses Jean-Claude Van Damme, if you can believe that billing. <laughs> Who had previously been involved in knockoffs to major label merchandise such as Puma Running Shoes, but Puma is spelled with two M's, Uh, attempts to go straight with the help of his new partner, Rob Schneider, who is secretly an undercover CIA agent, involved in an investigation of the black market. Their main product, jeans, is is involved in the knockoffs, which brings a representative uh, Layla Rashawn out who That is of the American company to investigate Paul Sorvino also, also appears as the head of the CIA operation in Hong Kong. However, just as Schneider is not as he initially seems everyone in this film switches roles by the film's end. I what the fuck is happening in this movie?
4: <laughs> I don't even want to know how they justify A French guy as a Hong Kong fashion designer. I don't even want to know. (laughs) How do they like. Is he showing off like his new outfits? Is that how he gets to do the splits in this movie? I know he does. (laughs) I just don't know how he gets.
1: Oh, my God. This movie sounds insane. I hope I never watch it.
4: We're not watching that movie, just so we're clear. <laughs> Doug is sick that week. That movie goes on
1: the list. I delete it from the list. <laughs> uh, we do have to do a Jean Claude Van Damme month, though. I think I feel like we have. I mean, we can do another one. There's plenty of movies out there. We just got to be careful not to repeat ourselves. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.